Breaking news, everyone. The Nelly song, Country Grammar. You might not recognize the name, the song by the name of it because I had no idea that was the name of it. You might recognize it by the lyric, Shimmy Shimmy Coco Puff. Guess what, everyone? It's Shimmy Shimmy Coco what? I'm not asking you to finish the lyric. That is the end of the lyric. Shimmy Shimmy Coco what? Listen to it, pound. Light it up and take a puff. Pass it to me now. Holy shit, my mind is blown. I've been singing it wrong my whole life. I'm Chad Michael Linus, and uh, we've got here Adam. Tell me about your thing you were talking about rappers from the 90s or 2000s, Gumbert. So two things really quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also did not. Uh, here's the thing. I don't know a lot of lyrics. I just like mumble the words that sound, you know, mouth sounds right. that are similar. So easy mistake. Two things. First of all, next show, the Mountain Dew Game Fuel will be out in stores by the time we record again. That's correct. So I expect us to all get that. I hope they have a sugar-free version. That would be wonderful. I want to get that. I will not be here Second. next show, so we'll have to do that in two shows from now. Will you not? We'll talk I about that after. That. <laughs> uh, I was not aware. That's fine. Um, but also, talking about music, so I work with an older gentleman. He's great. His name's Hootie. His nickname's Hootie. He's a great guy. I love him to death. Uh, but he's an old man a little bit. And he was watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just to complain about who they put in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sure. Because apparently it's it's most of the time it's not rock and roller people because they're all old and dead now. Um, but Missy Elliott was there and he kept calling her Missy Misdemeanor <laughs> and refused to call her Missy Elliott. Because I, I mean, I don't remember because I'm not that old, but I guess that was her name originally before it was Missy Elliott. And he refused to call her Missy Elliott. He's like, oh, yeah, they had Missy Misdemeanor up on the stage. I'm like, it's not her name. Is that is that okay. right? Is there any truth to that? Did you Google it like while I was talking? No, I, I did not. Um, I Missy Misdemeanor. It, that sounds like it's... Um, okay, hold on. How did Missy Elliott get the nickname Misdemeanor? Missy also revealed that Magoo was one of the ones who was the one who gave her the iconic misdemeanor nickname. You supported me from day one, and you said, I'm going to call you misdemeanor because it's a crime to have that many talents. Interesting. There you go. Who the and fuck is Magoo? And that's funny because of, yeah, I don't know. That's just so funny because of all the thing about lyrics. When she says, flip down, flip it, reverse it, whatever, yeah. it's just what she just said reversed. Like, she actually just reversed it, and then... That's what that part of the song is, which is also very cool. Anyways, I've talked enough. There's somebody else here, maybe. I don't know. Magoo, Magoo is is a person is like the whole person's. It's it's like share, but Magoo, <laughs> and they're also dead. <laughs> they died at the age of fifty. Whenever this article was written, um, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Cousina. Hey. I was you? hoping you would introduce me at some point. I, I've been looking through lists of uh, prior video game game of the year uh, award winners from not just oh. the game awards, but other uh, monthly publications. I was thinking uh, because we don't have a like ending show segment for this particular episode of the podcast, if I could do something involving them. And I wasn't able to think up something fast enough, but uh, fun fact, um, Electronic Gaming Monthly, EGM, the magazine, is one of the uh, oldest gaming publications to have done like a yearly Game of the Year. Uh, their 1988 Game of the Year, Double Dragon. DD. 1989, Ghouls and Ghosts. I'll, I'll just list off a couple of these. Okay. 1990, Strider. 1991, Ooh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, why would they do that? <laughs> Street Fighter II. Uh, 1993, Samurai Showdown, which mm. is the SNK fighting game. Uh, 94 was Donkey Kong Country. 95 Good was choice. Twisted Metal. Ooh, okay. Uh, okay. 96 was Mario 64. 97 was GoldenEye 07. 98 was Ocarina of Time. And 99 was Soul Calibur, the original. And then from there, it kind of gets a little bit super obvious. But EGM that was a little horny. bit fun. They were horny for fighting games, weren't they? Right? Yeah. Also, like, Lots there were a games. lot of much better games that came out that decade. <laughs> yeah. Sonic. Get out of here. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Oh, my God. Barf. Speaking of barf, we just recorded a barf episode, which you can go and watch. Uh, it should be up on on-demand services if you're listening to this on-demand as well. Um, speaking of barf, we have a little extra special holiday version of barf that's up right now. Uh, Alex has just ended. Adams will be up as you are listening to this. So tell us what can, we are playing. I, uh, yes, Alex. You can I was going to say, can I 
talk about, sorry, and I apologize for interrupting, but you gave me permission, so I suppose I shouldn't apologize. Uh, Can I talk about what the outcome was? Uh, I will in just a second. Sure. Uh, So yes, you get, go and uh, go to patreon.com slash responding fire. Do that while you're there. There's a special post for patrons right now. Go there if you if you're well, a little extra special, little holiday something that we would like to physically send you. So uh, do that before November 24th. I believe that is the Friday of Thanksgiving, or maybe it's Thanksgiving. I picked a date around the week of Thanksgiving. Um, so go in and send us your contact information if you would like to opt in for a free small token of our appreciation for being a patron over at patreon.com slash fire. Um, also you can catch us every Sunday ish on twitch.tv slash affable idiots on Sunday evenings around eight fifteen Eastern time is what I'm going to start saying from now on, because we're usually early and then YouTube and podcast services on most Tuesday mornings at 9am Eastern time as well. Getting back now to our, uh, barf games. So for the, for the holiday quarter, two thirds of the holiday quarter. November and December, rather than playing some backlog game from the past, years past, et cetera, et cetera, there are plenty of games that came out this year that are on our backlog for game of the year consideration. So we put up polls in order to narrow those down to maybe the one that you would love to make sure that we finish each individually in in anticipation of our Podigody discussions. So my poll already went up and passed and actually the Twitter version of it ended up tying the Patreon version of the poll between Alan Wake and oh, Hi-Fi no. Rush. But here's the good news. All the freaking praise going to Alan Wake 2, I'm just going to I'm going to do both. I'll do Alan Wake 2 and Hi-Fi Rush. Whoa. Um I'll make sure that I finish both of those. So thank you for voting. And then Alex, you had yeah. some games up that uh have come to a conclusion now as well. Yeah, things got really tied up over on Patreon. I asked you to vote between Chance of Sinar, Cocoon, System Shock, the remake that came out earlier this year, and A Space for the Unbound. And I thought for certain one of these games will kind of like take the lead. Uh, The vote was completely split evenly between the four (laughs) of them. And ultimately, the Twitter poll ended up being the deciding factor. I will be playing Cocoon as my barf game for November and December. Can you just watch the movie version? Is that different? I mean, I'll probably watch it as well. That'll that'll be my version of I'll watch both the movie and play both the game. <laughs> what if we do that for our, our RAF games. game show in December is we just watch Cocoon together. <laughs> oh, that's an idea. Hey, funny thing. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to show guest of the show, Chris Waterman. He's mm-hmm. been on before. He has a film podcast, uh, Screen Quest. They just did The Thing. Wilford Brimley's in The Thing. I did Hell that. Yeah, yeah, he is. I only thought he was in Cocoon in the diabetes commercials. I forgot he was in other stuff. Do you yeah. think he got he, he's so also famous in the... diabetes that he got his role in Cocoon? That's how he got those roles. Yeah, yeah. He, he's also in the Star Wars Ewok movie, the one with the, the girl and the magic potion. Not canon. Um, so Adam's bar poll is going up here in probably just a couple hours from now. Adam, do you remember what the games were? I don't remember what the games are that you want. Oh, to Oh, I don't remember. Between. I'll pull it up as as we speak. Uh, I know it was... I think I also had Cocoon, maybe. And then there was the thing. I, By the way, I hate Patreon's new logo. Like, what is this? Right. Have you seen it? Get out of here. It's like the little squishy one. Yeah, Actually, I don't see like, mine on here. It's like a P... No, it's not, it's not up on Patreon yet. Oh, okay. Um, Continue to speak about how stupid Patreon's logo is, yeah, but we looks like, like their services. It looks like if somebody took... A pancake plop. Like they took the a boomerang. You remember the boomerang TV logo? Yes, and I do. And then they tried to recreate that with pancake batter, but the pancake batter was too watery, and it kind of just like is mm-hmm. bleeding out, and it just becomes this pea-esque blob. Yeah. Um, so my games, by the way, mm-hmm. Sea of Stars, Dave the Diver, Alan Wake 2, and Armored Core 6. Okay. Fuck, Armored Core 6. So- there are so many goddamn games. I sent you all the yeah. screenshot of like, hey, these are the four games I'm thinking of, and these are the other like 12 games below it that I also want to play that came out this year. <sighs> it's wild. What's up, Amass Keaton in the chat? You're about to jump into our main quest. Update on Bungie, baby. Whoa. Coming from Taylor Lyles. Taylor Taylor Lyles, yes, at IGN. I just get so thrown off whenever everything, I'm just like, is it lowercase? Is it capital I? Is it IELTS? I don't know. It's Taylor Lyles at IGN. Um, so this is kind of a follow-up 
adding a little bit more context to our discussion from last week. Following layoffs a few days ago, Bungie has published a statement about the difficult week the studio had. This is a quote from their statement. This has been one of the most difficult weeks in our studio's history as we've parted ways with people we respect and admire. Uh, this is addressing, though not explicitly calling out a number, but they, they're addressing the layoffs of around 100 employees. Continuing the quote, we've spent this week supporting one another, including those who are at the studio, as well as friends and colleagues who no longer are. In the blog post, they also acknowledged concerns and feedback players have shared regarding Destiny 2 and the mixed reception of Lightfall. With another quote here, we know we've lost a lot of your trust. Destiny, Destiny needs to surprise and delight. We haven't done this enough, and that's going to change. Bungie CEO Pete Parsons also told employees that layoffs were due to Destiny 2's underperformance over the last year, as well as the lower-than-expected pre-orders for the Final Shape expansion. So, yeah, I, to be honest, this is... Um, they did this in place of... Usually they have a Thursday, like, weekly, this week in Destiny. We're going to talk about balance changes, come to skills, and weapons, and, like, give a tease of what's coming in the next thing. Like, they usually do that every week, and they just put up this blog post in place of it, which I was surprised they did, even though it is saying a lot of nothing, basically, in it. Um, but they they kind of acknowledged a little bit of it. I hope this is not their entire statement. Like, I hope that we do hear more about justification for it and who was let go and why and what they plan to do. And, of course, their roadmap is as things are delayed, what are they planning to, to put in place there? But um, this is what we got. Chad, it just says to me that you weren't talking about Destiny enough. I know, right? And I feel like this year in particular, I spent more money on fucking worthless Destiny event cards <laughs> and silver to buy costumes and shit. This is your punishment for paying people in like Singapore or wherever to beat the game for you. <laughs> I did. Pay, I did do that. This is your karmic punishment. They only I feel like what did I do that recently? I only did that twice. Once to do a thing to run a Grandmaster on uh, or run a Nightfall on Grandmaster to get the Platinum Trophy. I don't regret that mm. at all, although now I've run like 20 Grandmasters and I'm so good at them. But then the other thing was, I, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember either. N unofficially, some things that have come out of this too, uh, a lot of this, you know, Pete Parsons said it's about Destiny 2's underperformance over the last year. Apparently, the revenue targets they had were, f they, they were 45% under their revenue targets for this year, despite mm. still being in the top 20 games played across all platforms, not just Steam, but all platforms this year. So like it, it they, they still have the player base there. They are, their revenue streams, I, their revenue projections, I guess were just like so wildly reached for the stars that they, they fell short somehow. I got a question. Yeah. So the last one that people, cause people didn't like Lightfall a ton, but they still played it obviously. People liked Witch Queen. What was the one before that that people did not like a lot? What was the big expansion? So there, there was Beyond Light was the first like big one that people had issue with. Beyond Light came mm -hmm. out three ish years ago, maybe. Okay. Um, and the reason people had issue with that is that it are they vaulted a ton of content, lots mm -hmm. of planets, lots of 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 campaigns, a bunch of weapons were then made basically unusable because they level capped them. Um, and since then, they've started reintroducing some of these things back uh, in ways that they're going to like they took away level capping on weapons and that kind of shit. Um, and so the campaign the was then. like generally the campaign, especially mm -hmm. the strike deep zone crypt people kind of liked, although looking back on it now, I was like, man, that campaign sucked compared to witch queen. Yeah. yeah. Which queen people so loved question. Lightfall. The campaign was meh, but it brought a yeah. lot of good quality life stuff. So the, my question is based off of that, do you think, I think it's more because uh, we get these stories every week. Back then, was there talk of, oh, man, our projections are lower, people aren't happy with the last expansion, they're not prepared? Was there any of this talk back then? I'll be honest, I wasn't paying as close attention back then. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that there was a ton of, like, fervor for the Witch Queen. Like, people were super excited about it. Because, I mean, honestly, it's just the lore behind Sabathun and the Witch Queen and never have seen, like, we've never seen any of these hive gods before, aside from Oryx and that kind of stuff, but... Yeah, there was a lot of promise and a lot of hype around that, and also around Lightfall, honestly. And then Lightfall kind of fell flat too. Mm -hmm. So my thing is that again, I'm not a businessman, but I've been hearing yeah. again. I was listening to podcasts and shit all like that. So I'll credit to all those people who actually know what they're talking about. But basically, what I've been hearing is that like debt was super cheap. 
So everyone, debt was cheap, and then COVID made people spend a lot of money. So even back then, if people didn't like that expansion, it was around the time where it was cheap to invest and do stuff and people were spending a lot of money. And then it's like companies didn't never change their projections, even though realistically they should have. And now there's just layoff after layoff after layoff. So like, I don't even know if you could try to blame it on like, oh, underperformance. People, I just feel like it's everyone's, every company is like, well, we're going to keep making the same money we made three years ago when there was pandemic and debt didn't cost anything. So we invested and it didn't cost us anything. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, now debt is not cheap. And people aren't spending fucking five hundred dollars a month on electronic goods because they're stuck at home, and now everyone else is paying for it. And it's like, that's not our fault that you assume that this would go on forever. You know, I, I definitely think there's a little it. bit of that, and I can't remember. Maybe it was Paul Tassie over at Forbes. Somebody looked into like the revenue that they had made in the past few years. And because people are like 45% under that, what were your fucking projections that you missed them by that much? But apparently based on, you know, player count and that kind of stuff, it was not as wild as it might've seemed. Like it seemed to be in line with previous years, but I think you're right, Adam, with a little bit of that, like, yeah, people had more money to spend back then. Again, debt was cheap, that kind of stuff. And maybe they're just not anymore. But I think another thing to think about is like, this game has a lot of people still playing it. Obviously we can see from player count, but it also has a lot of competition this year. Like we I, we just talked about the the list of a dozen games that came out this year that I still haven't gotten to, even though I've played 15 other games that did come out. Like there's a lot of p things for people to spend their money on this year that aren't Destiny um, that I don't think it had a lot of competition with in prior years. And the fact that Destiny, like if you bought Lightfall a year ago, technically you paid for all the content you needed right now and you don't really miss out on anything until you have to buy the next expansion that comes out next year. So that maybe they were banking on getting those pre-orders and all that kind of shit or banking on people buying cosmetics that like, they're like listen, I'm not going to pay $10 to get this Fortnite cosmetic skin because I'm instead spending $50 that I didn't expect to spend on one of these other amazing AAA games that came out this year. Maybe so. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Hopefully we continue to hear more about this and definitively bring an end to it and find some kind of like great resolution that everyone's happy with and everyone gets hired back and the world is great. I doubt that's going to happen, but for now we're going to move on to playtime where we talk about what we played this week. We're going to start with Alex. Yes. So in terms of playtime, it's largely been a back and forth banter, as it were, between Lies of P and Mario Wonder. Uh, I completed Lies of P last week. I don't know why I did that little tongue thing. Know, 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 maybe I'll insert it into more of my conversations. It Please is. Do. It is. <laughs> um, and, you know, that particular uh, completion of the game was not one of my more glorious gaming moments because I had a real tough time trying to beat its super hard true final boss. And so I just decided, fuck it, I'll go with the bad ending of this game, forego beating the super true, super hard final boss, and just do the game another playthrough and get more of the trophies I missed first time around and beat the true final boss that time around. We'll say... That New Game Plus playthrough of the game ended up being much harder towards the end than I was anticipating. At the beginning, you're very overpowered and are just melting through whatever enemy the game throws your way. By the end, like the, the difficulty really ramps up on New Game Plus to the point that I was really struggling. But, but in the end, I was able to just take victory and just clench it out of the yes. gnarled claws of my opponent and i was able to beat that true final boss uh on my new game plus playthrough now i just need to do one more <laughs> playthrough of the game in which i exclusively tell the truth and i will have the platinum trophy for the game um and so yeah that's pretty exciting uh i will say i do have some thoughts to share on the uh, DLC news announcement video that we'll be getting to later in the podcast, but I will save my thoughts until then. Um, in terms of Super Mario Wonder, it's been interesting because I picked this game up a couple days ago, popped it into my Nintendo Switch, played a couple hours of it, and I stepped away from my Nintendo Switch and I thought to myself, do I not like this game? 
And I gave it some thought. I played the game a little bit more, deliberated things hard and fast in my head, and I came to a conclusion that I have been stewing on for a while now, for definitely a couple of years, but I feel like I've only really been able to vocalize until this moment, which is if I attempt to play a platforming game in the most OCD way possible, attempting to collect everything, it immediately turns into work and it immediately becomes an excruciating experience. There are some people where for them, being able to kind of like go through and meticulously 100% and tick off every box in their uh, platforming game of choice is immensely pleasurable. And, you know, the kind of like true experience of playing those games for them. For me, I've discovered that it like actively hurts my experience playing these games. And so what I've tried to do with Mario Wonder is play each level once. If I really, really enjoyed that level and I'm like, oh man, I'm just jonesing to go back into it. I'll go back into it. Otherwise, if I don't feel 110% about that level, I'll just move on to the next. And that is how I've been playing the game so far and has definitely done wonders for my impression of the game. <gasps> no, no pun, pun intended. intended. <laughs> um, that impression being that this is a really special Mario platforming game and I am loving both the sheer creativity of its levels and just all the like small little quality of life improvements that this game has brought to the 2D Mario world, especially coming off of new Super Mario Bros. U. Just even small things like being able to um, bring like backup uh, items into each level that you can kind of spawn at a moment's notice, how items that uh, you might swap out of your character when you activate a new item, get put back into like your inventory. There are just so many small little changes and differences that make all the difference uh, in terms of my enjoyment of this game. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing to play more of it and complete it uh, while trying my best not to fall into the trap of trying to complete everything because I think that, that is not helping with my playthrough of the game. But otherwise, great game. I'm right there with you in terms of the the collecting of things. And I think that's part of why I'm, I'm enjoying it so much is because I do enjoy the pace of it moving from level to level so quickly. And I'm doing the same thing where it's like, I will, oh, if I see that coin there and I can readily understand or like I feel like I can figure out in 10, 15 seconds how to get it, I'll go for it. But if not, I know I'll come back to it at the very end of the game to unlock whatever it unlocks. But this what I also, a, oh yeah, go for it. I just want to say very quick, this is a crazy proposal. This is a crazy proposal. But part of me almost wonders, uh -huh. again, no uh -huh. pun intended, uh -huh. if this game would be better if it's completely hid how many coins like special like big purple coins and wonder seeds are hidden in each level of the game until after you beat the campaign there are so many games that we've played where you are told in advance well there are this many coffee mugs and this many newspaper clippings in the entire game or whatever but like it doesn't tell you how many you've missed on each level until you've beaten the entire game and then it's like all right here's what you miss in each level now you can go back and chapter select that I, I almost feel like i would enjoy this game more if the game wasn't actively telling me oh you missed this 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 and this in the level you just completed but i know that's a radical idea yeah. that not a lot of people would love interesting i might before we move off of mario wonder real quick i'll also throw out there that part of the pacing things that i love about this game is that it's not just a series of regular platforming Mario levels, but there are also like, there are very, very short levels called break times in there. So like, I just got done doing two or three back-to-back -back long form levels. And there's like, oh, here's a one, a single screen thing that's completable in like 15 seconds to yeah. get a wonder seed and do something cool. Or there's a badge challenge. that's all about, all right, use your hat in a certain way to get to the end of this level and, and figure out some puzzles. Or there's, kill all of the enemies as fast as you can. The faster you get to the end of the level, you get, you know, more Bitcoins. Like those types of different differentiation in the levels really helps keep this game feeling fresh the entire playthrough as well. I, I really like those as well. And I appreciate that they figured out a way to integrate those into the main campaign. Cause like yeah. prior 2D Mario games, like Super Mario Wonder, not Super Mario Wonder, Super Mario Bros. U had a bunch of mini games of those ilk in like the like, you had to like exit out of the game and go into like the other like fun and game section of the game to access a lot of that stuff. And like, I never bothered with it. And so it's cool that they figured out a way to 
again, integrate that into the campaign, make it bite-sized, make it something that is like a fun, to your point, a fun palate cleanser uh, in between completing some of the game's bigger levels. Yeah. Um, Adam, tell me about JBT. JBT, you know me. Shimmy, uh, shimmy, Coco, what? <laughs> Whatever. I always remember this. No, so I did a couple of things. Today, I beat Jusant. Oh, Just Nut. Just Nut, as Chad likes to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, uh, the game starts. Okay, by the way, so uh, Jusant or Just Nut is the Don't Nod game where you climb up a very large structure and the game's uh, atmospheric, little indie kind of looking game where you climb around. The game starts with Jusant. And it, it's a, a French naval term for when waters recede. I'm like, oh, fuck, Alex would love this because it's talking about a French word at the beginning of the game. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I, I'm pretty sure that's a French from France word, not a French from Quebec word. It's all the so same So it me. doesn't really count. It means nothing to me. It's all the same. It's a different language. No, no, no. I got you. Uh, but no, the game starts out. Um, you, uh, you're just walking up. It's so, again, it's talking about. That's a French word for receding waters. And you're just watching through a desert and there's, again, it's atmospheric. So it's like, oh, there's boats everywhere and whatever. And you just start off at the bottom of this massive tower that like, goes into the clouds. It's not even a tower, just a natural structure. Um, and you just start climbing up. Um, the game's about four and a half hours, I think, to beat total. I think like the Platinum's like seven or something. Um and I liked it. It was really fun. It reminded me, it's very specific. If you've ever played Grow Home or Grow Up, I think is the other one. It's that exactly, where it's just like, I'm doing a little puzzles a little here, getting a little collectibles, having little story moments where there's no dialogue or anything. You know, they're telling you what's going on, but it, it's very much like, go to this area. This biome looks different. This stuff is bioluminescent. This one is the arid. This one is the, my favorite one is there's one where it's just like, the sheer cliff face with grass on it, and then there's just wind that's going like 300 miles an hour, and you got to climb around that. And the mechanics are awesome. It's like this hand, this hand, hold it, and you've got a, a little energy meter, and then you can like put a, a is it a piton? A piton? It's like a real lo- a rock climbing thing where it's like you put it in, so if you fall, you just like hang from that position, oh, but you don't fall you're talking all the about way like back a little, down. Like a little yeah, pickaxe like type thing? Yeah, I think they're called pitons or pitons okay. where they, you put it in and that's like your safe spot. Um, no, it's very cool, very chill. Climbing's fun. Little platformer, awesome time, especially for four hours. I was like, oh yeah, I can. Because I looked it up on how long to beat. Because I was on like chapter three or four. I was like, how much longer? Oh, I got an hour, no problem. And the ending is very weird, but uh, it's an indie <laughs> feeling game, so I guess it makes sense. So I liked it. Just not everyone check it out. <laughs> everyone should just not once in a while. Um, and then B. Oh yeah, Baldur's Gate three. I'm in Act 3 now. I mm. finally decided to move on <laughs> and try to get close to the end of the game. Um, God, good game. Fucking good game. Let me tell you guys. So, there's three acts, obviously. I I spent... So, so my clock right now is 68 hours, and I just entered Act 3. But I'm also doing little everything. But there's such a cool scene. I just, I'm not going to... Again, everyone likes Baldur's great. Everyone knows it's cool. It's awesome, right? The scene I just had was fucking... This is perfect because Invincible just came back. J.K. Simmons is a bad guy. He's talking with the fucking vampire lady from Resident Evil Village. What's her name? Maggie, whatever. The really tall Lady Demetrask or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A character played by her. And then a character played by fucking Lucius Malfoy. And they're all just three bad guys sitting in a room talking shit. I was like, oh, man, this game's fucking good. <laughs> it was awesome. So, uh, yeah, now that game continues to be amazing. And uh, everything matters, and it's great. It's wonderful. Baldur's Gate 3. Keep playing it. Um, and then the Thirsty Suitors is the last thing that I started. Oh, okay. 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 This also a cool little indie game. I got to the start screen. Um, and then I was like, oh, my son's here. Maybe I'll play this later. <laughs> so I have not started Thirsty Suitors, okay. but I have okay. it installed and I pressed start on it. Uh, but yeah, Jusant and Baldur's Gate. But you'll have sex with a bear in Baldur's Gate 3 in front of your son. I'm not, I'm not romancing Haslin, so I don't have anything to worry about. Okay, there. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've already done that with Lysel. Don't worry about it, bud. <laughs> Congrats to Dsmitty and the Games in the chat who just got his platinum trophy in Spider-Man 2. And asks, hey, what should I play now? Congratulations. What Try Just Nut, now? Smitty. Uh, Smitty, Just Nut, maybe. Um, that or Cump Jump. <laughs> <laughs> just Nut, Cump Jump. 
Jizzy bada bones, you know, all sorts of of jism jokes. Uh, or Mario Wonder. I know you have Mario Wonder. Play that with your kid. Actually, well, you should be in bed. But play it. Wake him um, up. <laughs> so, yes, I played Mario Wonder. I am now, I think I have two more royal seeds to get before I go to the Bowser Castle. And In a weird twist of fate, the Bowser Castle is actually... Bowser has merged with a castle. <laughs> and it's oh. not just Bowser's castle in this game. Bowser um, the castle. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the other game I played, the only other game that I mostly played this week, and I played a lot of it this week, is the finals. Played a lot of that with D Smitty Games. And I think last time I talked about this on the podcast, um, we're just in the beta of it right now. Again, it's that 3v3v3, you know, free to play, get some cash, put it in a thing, defend your cash box, kill people, et cetera, et cetera. Very fun, very polished from uh, X Dice developers. Uh, the last time I played, I was like, you know what? I've settled on playing the heavy and being and sledgehammering everything and that was really fun and i like i didn't really like the the medium character and i didn't even have any interest in playing the light character and then we played with matt and matt was like i want to try the sledge and i was like all right if he's gonna do the sledge i'll try something different and i did the medium and i was healing people i was like fuck i really like healing people and like being proactive and like using the grenade to or the sonar grenade to like locate enemies and that kind of shit i was like oh man i'm having a lot of fun with this and then I unlocked a flamethrower, which is only on the heavy. I was like, fuck, now I'm going to the heavy and we're flamethrowing everything, and this is amazing. And then while I was the heavy doing a flamethrower, there were a bunch of little tiny little guys with that are like leprechaun size with little sabers, little swords that are just like jumping all over the place, sticking me and killing me real fast with these sabers. I was like, fuck, I want to play with that. And I did that, and it's got a grapple, and it's really mobile, and I fucking love doing that. Uh, and so all of that's to say that like, I think I love everything about this game. It is so much fun, and I I love playing as all the characters. They all have different strategies, and it's great. So um, I really hope this game launches and is fun to play and has a good, you know, some kind of good monetization model that doesn't feel excessive or predatory or anything like that. But I'm, yeah, just having a bunch of fun with it. And I think it is done now as of tonight, so it is the last day that it's... Oh. Playable in the beta. I was about to say, because well. what if I had it downloaded and was waiting for you guys to want to play with me, but now it's over, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yep. Yep. DC Games in the chat confirms it's a fucking blast. Yeah. I wish you guys would play multiplayer games with me, but you won't. So, well, that. well, maybe you should play them and invite us to your party. Uh huh. Come jump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other three are not games uh, I just wanted to call out Gen V is excellent it's finished this week 100% go watch it it's X-Men and the Boys universe and it matters and it's so good the storytelling is so good those universes overlap and it's fantastic go watch Gen V um, also we talked the other day about the N64 um, analog 3D system and all that kind of stuff and so now i have started rebuilding my n64 collection so i have here oh. now diddy kong racing uh-huh, i'm gonna win and i have zelda majora's mask holographic oh. edition whoa so i have that cartridge as well but my version of the cartridge had someone's initials written on it <laughs> mine had my friend's initials because i took his copy <laughs> oh no <laughs> So uh, I'm looking for suggestions. Hit me up on Twitter on what games, what N64 games I should be looking out for. I did. I ordered a, a Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time gold cart on eBay, but it got here and it was a lot more scratched than the photos l- made it seem. So I returned that shit. Um, so I'm kinda, uh, this I'm is look not. That, but this is not a game I've ever played myself. But you know what? You should get Mischief Makers. I've heard good things about that Okay, game. I'm not going to get something that I've never heard of. There have been two decades, two and a half decades, for people to tell me this game is good and worth playing or even hearing about. You sure you What's don't want to get Mischief, Mischief Makers? Mischief what? Makers. Mischief Makers, a plain old 70 on Metacritic, but... No, but no. Look at no. This anime as hair. She's got green hair, little skeleton head. Goddamn's no. I'm not getting this game. Why don't you get Vigilante Eight? Y'all have both been banned from this poll. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else, go tell me what N64 games I should be looking for. Uh, and then finally, this is just something cool that I printed. That um, I'm, I just want to show the world because I'm so excited about it. Look at this fucking <gasps> Spider-Man helmet. Whoa. Hold on, I need to make sure that I'm holding it in the right spot. Look at this thing. Look at how sexy this is. It's got a little venom coming and eating Spider-Man's Spider-Man head. getting covered oh. in spider gravy. 
Oh, fully wearable. It's hot as shit in there, and I can't put them on with my headphones right now. But yeah, dude, fucking three D printing is the future. It's so cool, so cool. That's fucking cool love shit. this thing. And it's nice. all like it's got like magnets that hold everything in place. So like, you just broke everything. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I dropped it on my keyboard, and hopefully that's. Wait not a minute. If you just have the Venom pieces, you can do what they did in Spider-Man 3 where Topher Grace's Venom goes away and it's just like the little tendrils like next to his mouth and over his head. That's exactly And you can right. see his face. You can do that. Yeah, you can do it. Yep, I can do that. I can do... I'll clip this onto the back. Actually, I don't know if this is going to work with my headphones either. Probably not. No, no. But yeah. But you, you, can, you see what I'm getting at. Yeah. Luckily, I put a coat of poly to protect everything on this so that dropping it right now didn't fuck it all up. But yeah, I can put this on my head. And be Topher and be Grace. Grace. What's up, y'all? It's <laughs> exactly hey. what he sounded like. In I the also kind of look like a like a sloppy dinosaur, <laughs> like a sloppy T Rex. <laughs> sloppy T Rex. Like I'm melting. Sloppy steak T Rex edition. All right. Anyway, it. yeah. So that's really cool. The eyeballs obviously just popped out because they're mag. Everything's held together in magnets too, which is kind of cool. I like so it. So I can do this. Uh, yeah, 3D printing. Pretty cool shit. Um, oh, real quick yeah. before we go on. I finally did it. I completed the trilogy. I, I saw a haunting the father, in Paris. The the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, that's him. No, it's basically it. I've just you I'm completed just, the trilogy: the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the Book of Mormon. Yep, all of those. Okay. And that was the last Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot movie, a Haunting in Venice. Yeah, they've made three of those films now. They're all fucking amazing. Let me tell you, yeah. I keep letting that big mustache keep solving crimes. I'll keep, I'll keep showing up and watching it. A Haunting in Venice now available on to stream on Max. Fun yeah, for the whole Hulu. family. Yeah, I watched it on Hulu. So yeah, yeah, that's why I watched it. I was like, oh yeah, let's go. Woo! All right, that is uh, it for playtime. We're going to move on now to our two things in the quest log and then maybe a cozy thing, and we're wrapping up for the day. we got a, we got a short No, one. No cozy thing. Well, there will no be the okay. question of the week. There will be the question of There'll the week. There will be a cozy we'll question of the week. But first, we're going to get our P-organs ready, baby. This is Wesley Yenpool oh, yeah. at IGN. So Alex earlier was lamenting that the game is too hard. He's so bad at it. It sucks, blah, 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 blah. But then he conquered it, and now it's good. Turns out, Liza P. Publisher Neowitz has announced a new game update, teased the game's first DLC, and confirmed plans to raise a to release a sequel. The upcoming patch expected this month, which is set to bring significant changes to weapon and character balance, as well as quality of life changes to ease the difficulty in early stages of the game. As part of this, players will get the rising dodge ability as a default skill instead of needing to unlock it. So things might be balanced in a way that could have made this easier for you your first playthrough, Alex, but now I get to take advantage of that patch instead as I continue the game. In the yeah. director's letter video, the game director, Jiwon Choi, showed off two sketches that tease a small portion of content that will be available in the first DLC. More information as well as patch notes will be available soon. And finally, in the video, Choi confirmed plans for the Lies of Peace sequel, saying, our highest priority is developing the DLC and working on our sequel. The dev team is putting in significant effort, brainstorming, and exploring different aspects of the projects. So, in terms of them adjusting the difficulty of the game during the early stages, I welcome it, although I will say those early stages of the game were definitely some of the easiest, which, I mean, is how it's supposed to work. Things are only supposed to get harder as you progress further on. I can't right. talk seriously about Lysophy if you do that, Chad. If I hold them like this, stop. it looks like I'm angry. Or it kind of just looks like I'm a bug. You're Wolverine. If you put them slanted. Yeah. Yeah, that's hey, true. bub. I'm going to smoke a cigar, bub. <laughs> bub. Um, so, but anyways, I, I, I welcome those changes all the same. It will be, if I manage to platinum the game before this patch comes out later this month, it will definitely be a badge of honor that I platinum the game before they made it easy for the babbies out there just kidding oh my God. Um, he's, tur he's turned into a real souls player oh yeah before yes, right? they murfed it get good um, everybody in terms of the <laughs> dlc am i allowed to go into very minor lies of peace spoilers if i get uh, i'm going to finish this game this year if i get spoiled on something i'm gonna poke you in the belly it's, with a sword <laughs> here's the thing it's it's a spoiler about something that is referenced to in the game, but you don't actually get to see or explore. Okay. You still not want to be spoiled. Okay. Go on. You're, I can do it? All right. Yeah. We're giving warning to everyone. Yeah. 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 
very very minor lives of peace spoilers follow um you collect many like different notes and pieces of parchment throughout the game that allude to events that have happened or will happen uh there is a single piece of parchment in the game that you collect that alludes to there being ancient ruins beneath the city of Krat. What? And alludes to there being some sort of bizarre thing that is growing beneath the ruins, and they speculate, is this some sort of defense mechanism of the ruins? And I suspected, when I picked up that particular note, oh, this is where we're going to in the end game, because this was like two-thirds of the way through the game, is not referenced or brought up again, other than people vaguely alluding to Krat having like, you know, a lot of secrets beneath its surface and whatnot. And so my assumption is... My assumption is this DLC will probably have to do with these ruins, but I I, I truly don't know, having seen these screenshots he shared, but okay. still pretty exciting there. Okay. I will say, as excited as I am for Lives of P's upcoming DLC, the sequel, if they're going to go full bore into what they teased in the post-credit scene for this game, is going to be absolutely crazy. And I am so looking forward to it. And I am so looking forward to when you guys also beat this game because I so desperately want to talk about it on one of these podcasts. All right. By the way, that's all I'll say. Chad, he said full bore and you did a bull. Yeah. A bore would have tusk. That's what I did with my lips, idiot. But then you did this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also got ears and hair on his head. You're right, you're right. And also, I can't represent every hair on his head. I only have ten fingers. <laughs> you only did the two hairs on his head. I got you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Alex, that, uh, that'll be interesting to see if they do the post-credits scene and make that the sequel, because that is that is an interesting so move. Have you beat this thing, or did you just spoil you, you, yourself on it? No, I just know what it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, so everyone shut the hell up. I'm not saying nothing. Okay. I do know what that final choice is that you have to make to get the bad ending or the good ending, but I don't want, I don't know, I want to know the, the anything else about choice, it. The final choice... The, the final choice is like completely unrelated to okay. what is shown off in the post credits scene. Cool, cool, I'll cool, say cool, that cool, 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 cool. It has cool, something cool. to do with a mature Stop student. It. Okay, a mature student. <laughs> love it. It's Angela. That's again. actually not. It's actually not very accurate. I would say it's actually the okay. Too much. Of that, too but. much. Too much. Too much. New. Like a Dragon took how long to make, says Tom Ivan at VGC. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, took just six months to develop, according to Ryuga Gotuko Studio Director Masayoshi Yokohama. Yokoyama, excuse me. In an interview with Automaton, he also said the studio once considered teasing or releasing it as DLC before deciding to flesh it out into its own game. Here's a quote. There is a huge difference between Like a Dragon Gaiden and Like a Dragon 8. By this, I mean, in a sense, Like a Dragon Gaiden was derived from Like a Dragon 8. We could have just told uh, we could have just told of Kiryu's past through a 30-minute interlude as a part of Like a Dragon 8, but we decided it would be a lot more interesting as a game of its own, which is how the project came to be. Though this meant having a whole extra game to make, it still uses the same engine, so we thought, it's not like we have to start from scratch, and decided to go with it. In the end, it took us about half a year to make it. Ooh, felt like that was a like that was a minefield trying to trip me up with all these names. So many like proper nouns and all that things yeah. that you don't play. I do think it's cool. I think we get this more often, right? Especially talking about you know all the layoffs and how much games and shit cost to make. Again, I don't care about like a dragon, so this isn't a thing for me. But if it was a, a thing that I liked, or like, hey, how about you know between our big releases, we give you a, a something in the middle, a, like a, a you know. Like a half experience or whatever, like that would be cool if it was things that I cared about. I would enjoy that very much. So, I'm, in I'm the barf episode that we just did on uh, Little Hope, I talked about how, like, if you're somebody who really likes that kind of horror experience, you must be in heaven right now, having so many of them to play. And I'd imagine it must be the same with the Yakuza, where like you have so many of these games to choose from, and so many of them that are also readily available on modern platforms. Yeah. I also really enjoy the fact that they are like, let's be smart about our resources. Like we can make a brand new experience using the same engine, using a lot of the things that we've already built. Like fucking yeah, go for it. We don't have to make AAA games cost a bajillion dizzillion dollars. It's unsustainable. So cool. If it took you half a year to make it and you were able to do so efficiently and effectively and you still feel like there's a value in that product to sell it at whatever price you're going to sell it at and your customers agree, that's freaking capitalism baby in a way that is good for the people all right 
That's it. That's all of our news stories. We do not have a segment from Adam this week, and no. we do not have a game on game show, but we do have a Cozy's <sighs> question of the week. Week, week, week. Guys, I'd like you to choose a number between one and three. Integers only? <laughs> uh, this again? Yes. So one, two, or three. Okay. Well, two is directly between one and three, so I'll choose two. Three. Uh, Adam went with uh, three and Chad went with two. You know what? We'll do both two and three considering we don't have any other segments to go off of. Uh, so these are, of course, questions I submitted to Kind of Funny's various podcasts that I don't know yet whether they will or will not get read on those shows. Uh, question number two. Uh, you are given a fresh bottle of pim particles with the explicit instruction that you can only use them to enlarge a bird and then fly around on said bird thereafter <laughs> as your main means of travel. What bird are you enlarging and making your travel buddy? Eagle going straight to Mount Doom, throwing the ring in from the beginning. No question. Well, so you're also traveling into the world of Lord of the Rings. Well, absolutely. In addition to of the course. big bird. Of course. Okay. Thanks to Quantumania, anything's possible now. That's true. So I do like how Chad was like, what is already the most like dangerous like bird of prey that is alive? Let's make it mm -hmm. even bigger. Yeah. Like eagle could already kill a human being, you know? How the, but, like, how let's the, make yeah, it but a regular ass eagle can't carry a Gandalf. I mean, true. Yeah. They do carry goats. Have you seen the videos of them picking up goats no. and dropping them? Yeah. Eagles I've seen pick a video up goats of them spiraling them to, them. to their death as they fuck. Well, I've seen that too. Yeah. Um, I so I'm gonna just do something that's not crazy. So whoever's inside of that Big Bird costume from Sesame Street, uh huh, about to get even bigger, buddy. I'm gonna ride Big Bird around because oh, I can I love trust that it. Idea. Okay, and I'm just gonna. It can't fly, obviously, but I can just sit on top. And that man is now fucking twenty feet tall inside of a costume. <laughs> but I'm getting to the grocery store a lot quicker, and it's not. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Music. Do you remember that movie, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid? <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the baby is now enormous, and it takes a fucking guitar off the Hard Rock Hotel. I can yeah, you yeah, imagine yeah. if that was Big Bird. Although, it would, it would, you know what it would be? That's the finale of fucking, what's the Oscar Isaac Marvel show? Moon Knight. Moon Knight? Yeah. <laughs> he used to fight Big Bird? Yeah, remember, there's the there's yeah. big death looking bird. I forgot that fight show ended with a stupid fucking kaiju stupid fight. Stupid yeah, fucking yeah. kaiju fight, yeah. Good lord. Uh, on my end, I think what I would do is I would enlarge in a Blue Jay because then what I can do is I can fly over to the Toronto Blue Jays, the baseball team, and be like, hey, I got your new mascot. And they would have to pay me all sorts of royalties. And so I'd get to collect money in addition to having a flying servant. The problem with this question is, is when you uh -oh. enlarge this animal... It is still a wild animal, just much say, larger We don't know now. how to control where it goes or how to talk to it. I was going to do parrot just because I like parrots, but then you think about like yeah. a parrot's beak, like that would just tear people in half if the thing yeah. decided to start pecking at people. Well, see, my thinking is like in the Ant-Man movies, when the ants like grow and become big, they like, you know, they're playing like the drum sets. They're like eating food off the table. Like they mm -hmm. kind of become docile and aren't really like interested in like fucking people up and so i assume that it's a similar thing with birds where you make birds bigger and they're just like yeah i'm just gonna be chill out now i think it's part you of know, man's power is that he can speak to ants specifically <laughs> there's something that we haven't considered mm. in here and it's the fact that these things have to eat proportionally to their size so if they were eating a worm maybe three times a day as a regular bird size, and now suddenly they're the size of a building, they have to eat three building-sized worms a day. And if they don't, they're just going to fucking starve to death and die. And we're just going to have a dead giant bird in the middle of your home <laughs> or on the field of the Toronto Blue Jays or somewhere between here and the Mount, and Mount Doom. Yeah, well, I, will I mean, say that's, well, that's what the Toronto Blue Jays' money is for. We yeah, get them the money so we can feed it. There you go. McQuaylud in the chat says, duck for sure. It flies and floats. Calm demeanor. Not there often. They're all very scary issues, but and I think a duck dies, is chill. it might die. There's like a 50-50 chance it's going to die in a lake or in a pond, and then it just yeah. sinks, and we don't have to worry about its body. Yeah. <laughs> Nature you know what? Take duck, care is of actually, yeah. duck is actually a really good one, because, yeah, it flies, it floats, it can swim a little bit. Uh, also, if the duck dies, like, that's a, you know, a bird that we know tastes good, dead, so... That's true. You have that Can you imagine 
if the bird that size also like the volume of its song is amplified or its quack is amplified like can you if we accidentally did some bird that has this obnoxious morning song and like a if we did a fucking rooster we would blow out everyone's eardrums in a three mile radius it's wild i love it very yeah. good question all sorts of interesting implications and thank you question number three what food will you never ever under no circumstances ever try again cottage cheese never tried it never will looks gross but you've never had it before so you can't and try I it again if and i will it. never have it again <laughs> that's not the question i will choose again to never have it <laughs> i'm not going to take it from you but i did have cottage cheese once as a kid was like no thank you and never had it again yeah. but that was you know, i've had cottage cheese in recent times and i will say very quickly cottage cheese better than you remember mm, i doubt that here's one brown gravy well, my, really my whole life I have never eaten white gravy on like biscuits or anything like that. And I've never, and I had, sorry, I had not eaten white gravy, had not eaten brown gravy because it looks like jizz and diarrhea, respectively. And I'm like, I don't want to eat yeah. that. As a 25 year old person, I finally tried white gravy and biscuits and it was fantastic and delicious. Uh, but I did not eat it again since, but I said it was good. And then I tried brown gravy on potatoes and I was like, this tastes pretty good, but also this is not the taste that I want when I want potatoes or what you would traditionally put. Like it, 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 It's not the taste that I want in that texture, in that form, on whatever it goes on. So not a fan. I don't want to eat diarrhea that might taste a little bit good in the wrong circumstances. If Brown you gravy. traveled up to Montreal and I presented before you a big steaming plate of poutine... Would you refuse to eat it because it has brown gravy on it? I would refuse to eat it. I can order poutine with just Damn. the curds on it. No gravy. Wow. See, it's opposite for me. I don't like curds, but I do like gravy. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't want is... to be a pie. I don't like gravy. I don't like Chicken gravy. run. <laughs> I'm cheating a little bit. I'm okay. cheating a little bit for this answer, but I will say uh, there's this website that I frequent pretty often called MTL Pornhub. Blog. Okay. It's called MTL Blog. Very close. And basically, it's like a Montreal-centric news site that talks about things and events happening in the city of Montreal. And it has a particular focus on like eats and restaurants that you can eat at in Montreal. There is this one pizza place that I see get recommended all the time on MTL Blog called Pizza Chez Danny, spelled C-H-E-Z Danny, D-A-N-Y. And it's like, yeah, Pizza Chez Danny. It's like not the best pizza in the world, but they're open really late. If you ever are drunk from a late night of karaokeing or doing whatever, it's like the best pizza to just grab a slice and just chow down. And so I, I read that and I'm like, I mean, fuck, I feel like I need to try it. I'm not going to do it drunk because i want to have as like you know clear of an opinion of this when i chow down on it but like i expect that i'm still gonna thoroughly enjoy it like a big greasy greasy like pizza you know fast food like uh, count me in especially if it's pizza terrible like absolutely terrible to the point where i'm like i could be as drunk as possible and i would refuse to eat this if i knew in advance how bad this is going to be so M montreal blog Stop promoting Pizza Shade Daddy. It's not good. <laughs> Alex, I feel like maybe we should also have a segment every week called Alex Explains Canada to Us. Um, first of all, sure. we know that you are still in servitude to the UK somehow. But also... It's not exactly. But can sure. you explain Canadian websites? Like why and, yeah. and when do I use .ca instead of .com? Because mtlblog.ca goes nowhere, but mtlblog.com goes to where you, you want it to be. But if I go to amazon.com in Canada, your computer blows up. But if you go to amazon.ca, that brings you to Canadian Amazon. I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, my, my assumption is like it's kind of a coin flip, but also like the Amazon example is actually a really good example of this where Amazon is an international site and it distinguishes between all its different international versions with the little .ca or .com or .nz or .whatever at the end there. So I would say like on average, you've, you get, you're using .ca when it is like, here's like the Canada specific version of something. 
But again, there are definitely situations where that's not true. So you can disregard everything I said. Yeah, I'm glad this MTL blog does not have a Canada-specific version, a blog about Montreal, Canada. Well, I'm going I'm going to now see if number one exists to see if there's a North, like a, a United States version of this. Because oh, because number, number one, one. Nope. I got you. No, nope. cozy for my for my answer. I was I was waffling between things. Not waffles. I actually love waffles. I actually went to your mtlblog.com. Um, okay. I love how this is a blog about Montreal. One of those top stories is cocaine use in each Canadian province was ranked. Here's where Montreal stands. I love that. But right yeah. above that is a thing about Tim Hortons. And that reminds me, mm-hmm. when I went to uh, Seattle for PAX, uh, PAX West, you know, Seattle, very big coffee uh, thing. And I went to have a meeting with someone. I was like, uh, I'm just getting me. I asked for, I can't remember what it was specifically. I think it was a cold brew coffee. Because I've had iced coffee before, but they did not have that choice. So cold brew, I guess, is they just make the coffee cold and then pour it over milk. Or I don't know what it was. Nasty. Don't ever want to have a cold <laughs> brew again. Wow. I'll put that on my okay. list. Don't, I'm not a huge coffee person anyways. Um, but then having like having to go to a fancy place and really give them a real order, I was like, I guess cold brew. It sounds like iced coffee. No, it is not. No, yeah, thank I'll you. I'll add that. Never I'll again. add that to my list. Anything coffee flavored. I have tried mm. coffee. I have tried a latte. I have tried tiramisu. I have tried a mocha something. Well, I, like I have tried coffee flavored ice cream. I have tried anything coffee flavored. And everyone's like, oh, you just got to try the right one. Oh, try this. It doesn't even taste like coffee. Fuck all of you. It does. And I'm <laughs> done trying coffee shit. It's all gross. Okay. There we go. Okay. Good question. Uh, also, real quick before we wrap this up, uh, the Tim Hortons article that you were referring to is called Tim Hortons announced new Bailey's flavored menu items. Get ready for rich and creamy mornings. <laughs> and <laughs> I want to thank you for bringing my attention to that because I will definitely pick those up when they arrive. Uh, take every... pics of your creamy mornings and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Cozy, for right. filling this up with uh, content in the absence of our provided prepared content with Cozy's questions of the week. That's it for episode 330 of Respawning Fire, and that is it for uh, life. Goodbye, everybody. Kiss your loved ones. <laughs> um, remember, there is some very time-sensitive Patreon-focused things going on. And if you're not a patron... There's also something for you to do. One, by the end of this week, we will now know all three of our barf games for November and December. Remember, they are goatee-focused. Game of the year, potential candidates, podi goaties. Um, So Adam's poll will be going up very shortly. Make sure you go up there, tell us what game you want him to play in consideration for game of the year discussions. Also, patrons, in the next two weeks, maybe it's three weeks, in the next weeks, go to Patreon. There's a special little holiday surprise thing that starts with action needed in all caps. Go there, fill out that little form if you would like some kind of little um, fun holiday thing from Respawning Fire. We would gladly send you one. Thank you for your support, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, While you are there, patrons have access to, let me double check and see if it is is done uploading. Patrons will have access any moment to a new game show. Raph Game Shows, based on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, called Locked and Loaded, starring me, Adam, Alex, our friend Dave, who's in the chat right now, is McQuaylude, and Chris Waterman, who also came up earlier on this episode. All of us are playing uh, this Locked and Loaded game show. It is uh, very tough, very tense, surprisingly tense, um, and we had some wild, fun things happening on that show, so definitely go check that out. I know that I often say these when we debut a new one of these game show episodes, but this might be one of my favorite ones so far. Yeah. I think Raises you will the bar be impressed again. with the quality of visuals, with the quality of the effects, and the quality of uh, competition and cooperation that is present within the show. Love so it. I encourage you to go check it out. If you are not a patron and you hate us, you have still free access to the previous RAF game show, which we did in September, with the Comedy Button and JK Games uh, guests on there was Anthony Gallegos, Ryan Scott. Anthony Galengos. Anthony Galengos. Uh, Ryan, is Scott his last name, Ryan Scott? 
Ryan Scott. That Ryan Scott from the Comedy Button and Jerrica Hanna from JK Games Podcast. They join us for uh, another version of Rafferty. That was, again, another great one we did in September. Check that out for free now for everyone over on Patreon or YouTube.com slash at Respawn Fire. Uh, that is available for you as well as on podcast services. And that's it. That's all. Oh, go listen to our barf episode. We just recorded it like an hour ago. It's going to go up soon. That's available. No Pope, a little hope. Man, Alex, thanks so much for coming today and filling our podcast with content. Where can folks find you if they want to look at pictures of your creamy mornings? Uh, they can find my creamy mornings over on twitter.com slash Alex Kazina, A-L-E-X-K-O-Z-I-K-O-Z-I-N-A. Adam, where can folks find out about your creamy mornings? Well, go to Xtube. Wait, what are, <laughs> what are those? Pornhub.com, whatever. one of them. I don't know. Is it? Is it? it might not be. It is. Um, it is. No, on uh, it is, that website starts with an X. Go to x.com slash Adam Gumby. Twitter, Adam Gumby. You'll find me talking about my boy Kenneth Brennan, that big mustache, solid crimes. Mm. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, my pictures from me going to the Colts game and being on the field. I never mentioned on the show, oh, but dope. I did that. Yeah, I hearted a bunch of those pictures, and I was like, I didn't know they had live role play Madden NFL. Like That's, that's so cool. right. That's right. Very yeah. bad jokes from Chad. That's right. Yeah, it was it was excellent. If you want to see more of my great jokes on Twitter, go there, uh, at Chad Mike Innes on all the things. Until next time, thank you everyone so much for listening. Here's our usual sign-off. Creamy, creamy mornings. <laughs> <laughs>